and welcome back to another episode of Teen Titan Wasteland, a podcast in which we discuss the original Teen Titan series from the 60s and 70s, because it's a hell of a lot of fun and also just weirder than 10 to 15 things being weird at the same time as though they were all involved in some kind of a being weird contest. Yeah. Well, my metaphor game seems pretty on point right now, so let's delve into the issue. Today we will be talking about Teen Titans number 43. My sandals keep on falling off. I need some flip-flop tips. But what I need more is a synopsis. Synopsis. Teen Titans number 43, February 1973. Inherit the Howling Wind. Written by Bob Haney, drotted by Art Saff, with inks by Nick Carty. Teen Titan Roll Call. Lilith, Robin, Speedy, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash. The Titans are vacationing in New England when they get wind of a creepy old haunted house and decide to investigate. Because poking around creepy old haunted houses has always worked out so well for them in the past, and certainly hasn't led to possession, cat strangling, or potential enslavement by racist antebellum ghosts. Good call. When they arrive at the spooky farmhouse, they see a bunch of demons on the roof bopping around a five-year-old like a volleyball while a distraught old man looks on helplessly. Apparently somebody gave Lilith a monster manual because she recognizes the assailants instantly as a subspecies of demon called moonlings who tend to come out when the moon is gibbous. The distraught old man is not as impressed as I was by Lilith's knowledge of demon taxonomy and implores the teen heroes to rescue his grandson Davy from his unholy bullies. The Titans attempt to comply, but have difficulty getting to the hellspawn-harried tot. Robin and Speedy try climbing the ivy growing on the side of the house, but it turns into snakes, and then a gargoyle comes to life and bites Robin's arm. Man, that guy has the worst luck with gargoyles. Wally zooms inside the house and tries to take the stairs to the roof, but the staircase turns into an escalator heading the other direction, and even with his super speed, he is unable to make any progress. Finally, Lilith uses her psychic powers to locate a hidden manually operated elevator, and the quintet of costumed crime fighters is finally able to confront Davy's hellish tormentors. Lilith brandishes a mandrake root that I guess she had on her for some reason, and recites an awkwardly metered rhyme that sends the moonlings packing. Hooray! But just as his rescue seems eminent, Davy makes a gesture towards an iron railing and telekinetically flings it at the Titans. Oh no! Fortunately, Donna uses her Amazonian strength to catch the metal menace midair. Hooray! But what was up with Davy having magic powers and trying to kill them? The old man, who introduces himself as Cyrus Manning, explains that the demons were trying to possess Davy, which somehow gave him temporary demon powers. Okay. Davy goes on to explain that he thought the Titans were demons because they had superpowers and colorful costumes. Really, Davy? Why the fuck would a demon wear a mask and colorful clothing? To protect its demon secret identity? Cyrus thanks the teens for their help and rewards them by providing a couple of pages of exposition about what's been going on at the Manning farmhouse for the past few years. It turns out that soon after Davy was born, some weird shit started going down. First, a pair of knitting needles flew into Davy's mom Rebecca's heart, killing her instantly. Damn. Then the musket that was mounted on the wall came alive and shot Davy's father Peyton to death. Wait. Hold on a minute. Cyrus Manning had a son named Peyton. The demons killed Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has been dead since 1973. I guess that would explain the quality of his acting in those Papa John's commercials. Okay, back to the story. After Peyton Manning died, demons started showing up all over the farm and there's been a magic barrier around the place preventing anyone from leaving. Cyrus has been fighting off the demons ever since, trying to keep them from killing him and possessing little Davy, but he's not sure how much longer he can hold out, and sure would appreciate it if some teenage superheroes could help him out. The Titans stick around to help out. Aww. Although I guess they kind of had to stick around. You know, magic barrier and all. The next morning, the Titans' day gets off to an inauspicious start. Speedy tries to milk a cow, and it flips out on him and kicks him in the head. When Wonder Girl goes to check on him, an anvil comes flying out of nowhere and socks her right in the gut. Then a whole mess of junk from the barn piles on top of her and buries the anvil-addled Amazon. Meanwhile, Kid Flash decides to start his day in the traditional New England manner, by drinking a gallon of maple syrup straight from the jug. God, I love Wally. 
Unfortunately, the syrup guzzling somehow goes awry, as gallons and gallons of maple syrup gush out of the container, filling the pantry, threatening to drown the astonished young speedster, and turning the entire room into an admittedly delicious death trap. Meanwhile, Robin is upstairs in Davy's room watching over the possession-prone tyke. Some flowers outside the window start emitting some noxious fumes, and within minutes the boy Wonder falls fast asleep. Gotta say, compared to the rest of his teammates, Robin gets off pretty easy. Speedy gets kicked in the head by a cow, Donald gets buried in anvils and detritus, Wally drowns in syrup, and Robin takes a nap. Hmm. A bit later, Cyrus and Lilith check in and find that Davy has gone missing. They rouse Robin from his slumber and rescue the other Titans from their various predicaments. Then, as the teens are nursing their respective wounds and or trying vainly to make themselves less sticky, the ghost of Davy's mom, Rebecca, appears to them. Lilith uses her powers to mind meld with the ghost because... Why not? And because Lilith's actual superpower is providing the team with exposition. Rebecca's ghost shares a genuinely chilling story. Years ago, after Davy was born, Peyton Manning and his dad Cyrus, who I now really want to call Archie Manning, went out on a hunting trip, leaving Rebecca alone with Davy. While the men were out, Davy fell sick with a fever. Not wanting to leave him unattended while she went for a doctor, and apparently not realizing that she could just take the kid with her to the doctor, Rebecca decided to just assume that everything will be fine. Bad move, Rebecca. How does that old saying go? When you assume your infant son dies. Which is what happens. Yeah, and just a little warning. A baby dying is maybe the third most disturbing thing that happens in this story. A distraught Rebecca panics that Archie and Peyton Manning will blame her for the child's death. So she secretly buries his tiny body, planning to claim that he was kidnapped. Not the greatest plan in the world, but people process grief in different ways. Then she bellows to the heavens, or hells as the case might be, that she would sell her soul to have her baby live again. Bad move, Becky. I think you can see where this is going. She cries herself to sleep, and when she awakens, is delighted to find that little Davy is alive and well. She assumes the horrifying events of the previous day were just a bad dream. Oh, Becky, what did we learn about assuming? After sharing her creepy-ass tale with Lilith, Rebecca's ghost fades back into the ether. Cyrus and the Titans aren't quite sure what to make of the story, but Robin says he is starting to get what he calls a horrifying hunch. Yeah, you and me both, Robin. The Titans look out the window and see that the Moonlings are back and are volleyballing Davy around again. The demons seem to be gathering around a specific spot in the yard. Hmm... The Titans throw a bunch of water on the demons to distract them while Kid Flash uses his super speed to dig up the ground under which the Moonlings have been volleyballing. He finds a tiny treasure chest looking box which he zooms back to the Manning estate. What treasure do the demon distracting do-gooders find in the chest? Pieces of eight? Doubloons? Nope, it's a baby skeleton. And that's the second most disturbing thing that happens in the issue. Robin explains to a confused Cyrus that Rebecca's dream was no dream. Davy really had died as an infant and had been replaced with a demon changeling. It was that demon changeling, let's call it Eli Manning, who murdered both Rebecca and Peyton Manning and has been orchestrating all the demonic chaos on the farm. With a steely resolve, Cyrus gets the family rifle from off the mantle, tearfully says, goodbye Davy, and shoots the child he has been raising for the past several years. And that is the most disturbing thing that happens in this issue. Damn. After the demon child Eli Manning is shot, the other demons all disappear as well and the magic barrier around the farm vanishes. Cyrus tells the Titans that he no longer has any heirs to his estate and he would like to leave his no longer haunted house to the Titans. They reluctantly accept. Hooray? No, scratch that. I don't feel good about that, hooray. Let's just leave it at damn. Damn. Then we get a Lilith backup story. Please tell me my name. Written by Bob Haney, drotted by Ernie Chua. Teen Titan Roll Call, Lilith. Lilith continues her cross-country Lilithist hoboing in a quest to find her birth mother by a process of individually scratching every red-haired person she meets off the list of potential moms. As she is passing through the Southwest, Lilith gets wind that a red-haired spiritualist named Lily Dunbar has been convicted of murder. Lilith decides to investigate further. Visiting the probable murderer, possible mom in prison... Lilith becomes convinced of her innocence, and finds that Lily has a daughter who was kidnapped as an infant. 
God, I hope she didn't bury it in the backyard after it died of a fever. Anyway, Lilith figures, huh, I used to be an infant. Maybe the daughter is me. I better prove the lady's innocence so the state doesn't execute her. She uses her psychic powers to convince the governor to hold off the execution a few days while she investigates. The telepathic teeny bopper's power guides her to a nearby rodeo where she confronts the true killer, a rodeo star named Ben Tatum who had been romantically involved with the now incarcerated Miss Dunbar. Turns out Lily and Ben had been using Lily's power to run a scam on a wealthy old rancher. Lily held a seance and Ben pretended to be the rancher's dead son who was speaking to him from beyond the grave. What a shitty thing to do! Also, not sure how that scam nets them any money. The rancher got wise to the con and pulled a gun on Ben. There was a struggle, and the gun went off. Ben decided to let Lily take the rap so he could pursue his career as a bronco buster. What a dick. Lilith confronts the criminal cowboy, and he tells her to fuck off. Boo! Then he has a rodeo accident and breaks his everything. Hooray? Not wanting to die before clearing his ex-gal pal's name, he confesses publicly to the murder, and then probably dies or something off-panel. Lilith goes to the prison to pick up the wrongly convicted murderer, but still definitely shady con woman that she figures is probably her mom. When she arrives, she finds Lily leaving the prison in the company of a different red-haired teen. Turns out that the publicity from the trial caught the attention of Lily's actual daughter, who, spoiler, is not Lilith. Lilith is pretty bummed out, but then says she did end up finding her family after all. In the Teen Titans. Aww. Well, it's got to be a bummer when the adopted family that raised her for the first 16 years of her life finds out that they didn't make the cut. Snap. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. So, what the fuck? Indeed. That was some messed up shit, man. This did not have what I would consider a happy ending. It did not, and it had a very disturbing ending. On a number of levels. What a brave old man. Uh, for shooting, shooting his, his five-year-old grandson in the head. Yeah. Presumably in the head. We don't know. Maybe he shot him in the, the heart. Mm -hmm. Through teary eyes, too. Well, oh, that's good. I but I mean, like, clearly he still thought of it as his grandson. And I mean, whether it's a demon or not, it had been raised as his grandson since his infancy. Yeah. I mean, damn. The only shitty thing... And he said goodbye, Davy, as he shot it. Yeah, it was disturbing. You know, we're led to believe that the kid hasn't really... Or the, uh, the changeling... Demon. Yeah. yeah. Baby demon. Uh, didn't really do anything too terrible in a short life. Well, other he than... killed both his parents. That's not nice. Oh, did the baby do that? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just, like, other demons. I'm pretty sure, because he was the one who levitated the iron thing that threw them, and both of the things that killed his parents were iron. I think it's at least implied that he killed both his parents. Oh, I didn't read it that way. Okay, yeah, well, fuck him then. Yeah. Also, did you notice what his dad's name was? Oh, it was something funny. What was it? It's Peyton Manning. That's right. That's right. I, I... His dad's name is Peyton Manning. That, <laughs> that is uh, a weird coincidence. That is a weird coincidence. And so I kept thinking of the dad as being Archie Manning, which he, he, he wasn't. He was Cyrus Manning. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was only mentioned in passing a, a couple of times. And actually, the first time through the comic, I totally missed it. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, wait a minute. It, it was when I got to the very end and I saw the gravestone and it's like, Manning, Peyton. Do like, you think what? that's where his parents got the idea to name him? Probably. Because that was just about probably before... He's, what, in his 40s? 30s? Yeah. yeah. No, he's, I think... And this I came think out he's probably about... Yeah, about your age. It came out, like, I think a year or two before he was born. Well, all yeah. right. Pretty weird. Yeah. Well, I think probably they were going to name him Davey. <laughs> they read this comic and they were like, oh, shit. We don't want a demon... Football, yeah, baby. So, yeah, really disturbing ending of the story. And other than that, it had been kind of creepy, but, like, also there was so much goofy fun in it until the real turning point is when they find a baby skeleton that they dig up out of the yard, and it's in, like, a treasure chest. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, from that point on, it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And this the, is some grim-ass stuff. It's grim, but although the, the kind of happenings before that are goofy, the Titans are also really kind of getting their asses handed to them by this haunted yeah. house. But yeah, that whole part, I kind of like... There were, there was a bunch of weird stuff happening in this issue. Who the fuck gave Lilith a monster manual all of a sudden? 
Oh, this is not a new occurrence, though. She always, like, has this vast occult Bits knowledge. of occult lore? Yeah, she's just like, I know exactly what's going on. When did this come in before? It, it happened a little bit on Dog Island. And also, didn't... Uh, I think that was it. I feel like I've seen her do that before. Maybe in the Shakespeare-ish issue? When would her occult knowledge come in in that? Like, she knows things, and, like, she has, like... But this this is the first time to me that it seemed like it was, oh, yes, those are clearly moonlings, and I know how to use Mandrake Root and do actual spells and shit now. Mm-hmm. Like, she had always been referred to as half a witch, but it had never really manifested itself before. Mm-hmm. And now it's not just that she has psychic powers, she also has occult knowledge. And Yeah, it didn't surprise me, I, and I don't know... I guess why that is if she's only huh? done that once before, but it, it threw me, and I had to like actually remember back to like I think she did a little bit of that on Dog Island, but like I kind of remember her throwing stuff out. Maybe it was just the Dog huh? Island issue. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, man. She was pretty badass in, she in was, this issue. She was for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she certainly fared better than most of the Titans with all of the goings on and the thing. She finds the old vintage Revolutionary War elevator and. Yeah, is really the only one who's able to have any sway over the demons at all. Is there elevators like that in real life? And there were dumbwaiters, certainly, so I think there probably were. No, I mean ones that function where there's, like, four ropes that hang into them, and then you make the elevator go up by pulling on the rope? Probably. That seems like you'd have to be really strong. Ah, that's the magic of pulleys. Simple machines, Corey. They make life more livable. For the living! <laughs> That's a good motto for pulleys. I'm surprised they're not more popular these days. I know. Well, my services are available, big pulley. <laughs> Pandering I, to big pulley again. I'm in their pockets. Oh, what can geez. I say? Yeah, Wonder Girl fares arguably far worse than the rest of the Titans in this issue in terms of shitty things that get heavy things getting thrown at and onto I her. Dis- she has a lot of that happen, but she deals with it better. I think the person who comes off the worst is once again Speedy. Just kicked by by Bossy the cow. Yeah, which I was I was looking at that and I was like, wait a minute, that cow's got horns. Is that a bull? Was this, <laughs> I think there may have been no demonic influence in this. I think that Speedy was trying to milk a bull and it did not care it for it. Didn't want and it was just like, what the fuck, dude? And it just rav- savaged him. And there's a scene where they're all nursing their wounds and he has a full, like, cartoonish head bandage over his head because a cow, in quotes, kicked him. I actually did a little bit of research afterwards and was disappointed to learn that cows do have horns as well. Ah. So it was likely a cow, but I still choose to believe that there was no demonic influence, that Speedy got a little bit overly aggressive trying to milk a bull, and (laughs) came up the worst for wear from it. Yeah, well... But he doesn't do anything. Like, he doesn't use archery once in this issue. No. And he just gets kicked in the head by a bull, or cow depending on mm-hmm. your perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, like, Wonder Girl has an anvil tossed into her chest. She has a heavy iron gate thrown at her, which she catches and diverts. Yeah. Um, and then has just, like, a bunch of random farm junk thrown at her. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I took a little bit of issue with. It seems like the demon's main thing that they were doing was hurling iron around at people, and it tried to tie them a little bit into, like, the fairy realm almost, both in the idea of that it's a changeling thing mm-hmm. and the Midsummer's Fest. Mm-hmm. And now I haven't read my monster manual in a while. Mm. I'm pretty sure fairies can't deal with iron. And that that was kind of a thing that they would use against them is that like, oh, they can't touch cold iron. Yeah, maybe um, uh, Haney was just doing his thing and, you know, cobbling bits and pieces together from his That doesn't sound like him. No? No, normally he's meticulously well-researched. Ah. I do want to tell you, too, this is the last Bob Haney issue. No! I know. Oh, that's shitty. I know. So, mm. maybe be a little bit kinder. Because oh. you're going to miss him. I it know. is a weird note to end it on. It's yeah. after the after this issue, the Titan series gets cancelled for a few years. <laughs> I, I think it's for two years, and then gets brought back two or three years and then gets brought back with a different creative staff, but with continuing the numbering. Oh, uh, Bob Rosakis takes over as writer. Okay. I think just low sales, really, as mm. much as anything else. But it's a bummer of an issue to end on, really. Because, mm. I mean, because it's a fucking bummer. Yeah. There's, when they go through the thing where then at the end they inherit the property, mm-hmm. it 
did make me think, like, is this just the creepiest, worst con ever that they were playing on this dude? Because they are, he is completely taking it for their word that this guy is, a, that his grandson is a demon that he shoots. That and he's like, well, it doesn't so look like bad. I have any heirs. Maybe you guys would like this property. It's like, oh, should we? Okay, we don't want to be rude. It's like, I don't think, I, I'm going on the record, I do not think that the Titans were tricking an old man into killing his grandson so that they could get his property. But that is one possible read of this story. It's not a very charitable one, but it is possible. I it, it The thought crossed my mind at the end of the issue, and I was like, oh no. This issue, it, it was it was not just creepy, it was genuinely disturbing. Yeah. Um, the Titans have the worst fucking luck at old houses. I know Kid Flash and Lilith love old houses, as we learned a couple of issues later. They'll be getting over that. But, man, that's like three for three mm-hmm. in they spend the night at a creepy old house. Yep. Horrible shit happens. And that's like the whole reason that they came there in the first place. The guy's like, yeah, this house has been haunted forever. Everybody in town stays away from it. And they're like, yeah, I know. That's why we came. Yeah. We were curious. Yeah. Well, okay. A couple of things about that. First of all, like I said, I was weirded out that they inherited the property at the end. At the same time. It's about fucking time they did. That's three times they've spent the night in a haunted house, and this is the first time they get an inheritance for it. So, good for them. Right. But, how the fuck do the townspeople have word that this place is haunted? He has made it clear that he can never leave the property. Anybody who comes on the property can never leave the property because mm-hmm. of the mystical barrier. But he somehow knows that the town folk have gotten word of his ravings about it being haunted and will never come there. I think it's Does he just stand near the border and yell shit about demons? Yes. And then they're and then all the townspeople are just like, get a load of him, let's not investigate. Yes. Let's not try Yeah. That's, that's, that's that was my take on it. I, that's the only thing. It's never stated though. It's just like, oh yeah, no, I can never leave and the townspeople think this about me. And he's lonely too, so I think that he just like there's like maybe a stone wall and he just hangs out sitting on the wall and then people walk by taking like, bad care of his his, <laughs> his infant grandson who is now what like five yeah, six maybe five, i'm gonna say five yeah who so it's just been him for five years and i get the impression i was just like god damn what a horrible existence i think it's only every month that the other demons come because they're moonlings mm-hmm. which is different than what the changeling is yeah Whenever there's a gibbous... But I like that their go-to of the moonlings is to just grab a kid and play volleyball with him, pretty much. Just, like, bat him back and forth in the air for hours. Yeah. Like, literally just batting this... Playing volleyball with what started off as a baby for hours once a month. Because at the end, before they shoot Davy, it's like, they start doing it. And then it's like, as the day wears on, and we cut back and we see that they're still doing it. I know, it's a good thing he's a changeling, because the psychological damage from that being part of the psychological damage, the physical physical damage. damage. (laughs) Maybe they're catching him gently. And just like... (laughs) They're not like spiking him like he's a volleyball. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, I should bring up, they are doing sets, not bumps, apparently. And no spiking. But still, they're playing volleyball with this kid for hours, and... Those moonlings have been doing some impressive cardio because that is tough to keep up. Yeah, it's surprising they're depicted so corpulently. Kind of globby. Yeah. yeah. They look like, um, kind of like the creature from the Black Lagoon. But but has really let himself go. Yeah, wearing a fat suit. Yeah. Yeah, horrible childhood. Yeah, it seems very, very not fun. Also, I noticed, so Peyton Manning gets shot to death. (laughs) By a gun. The way the the parents guy, the first the first one, knitting needles dart through her vitals like Indian arrows. Or how about this, Haney? Like arrows. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you had to ascribe ethnicity to the arrows. You've got one white archer in there. I guess he I guess the impression would be that he would never shoot somebody in the vitals. That's something Indians would do. Oh yeah. But and the other one was shot to death by the gun that is kept over the mantle. Loaded for some reason. Right. With a musket ball. Right. And we learn that after that incident, Cyrus Manning sees no reason to change that and still keeps a loaded musket over the mantle. Yeah. You'd maybe learn something from that, you'd think. One would think. But apparently not. 
They also mentioned that midsummer's every midsummer is on June twenty third. Uh, the pump handle shadow meets the weather vane. Weather vane shadow. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's a weird thing to keep note of. Yeah, isn't it the Titans that point that out? Or is um, it Old Man uh, Manning? I, I, it's tough to tell because it happens off panel. Yeah. I think it was Old Man Manning. I just assumed but, it was Lilith, and I was like, there she goes again. Yeah, there she goes again. Here's the thing. Midsummer's Eve would be a different night every year. It wouldn't always be on June 23rd. So, there's that. Secondly, I don't remember what secondly was, because we've been drinking Irish coffees. <laughs> they are good. Yeah, it's early afternoon, so, you know, we need some, some wake-up and some go back to sleep. Yep. So, it's a good time. Irish coffees are wonderful because it is a stimulant and depressant in a single drink, which doesn't make you drunk, but I believe gives you... They don't cancel each other out, but there exists a certain dynamic tension between the two of them that draws your mind taut and firm and makes you smarter. Except that it just (laughs) made me forget something. But, I feel like instead of making you intoxicated, it actually uses kind of a Socratic method to have a dialectic process that brings you to a higher level of sobriety rather than intoxication. It's delightful. Okay, college boy. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Drink it makes you feel funny. Yeah, that too. That's what I was really saying. Speaking of funny, the method in which the Titans are dispatched by these demons. Oh, I have a favorite. I bet you do too. Oh yeah. I'm sure we have the same favorite. (laughs) Although speedy going to milk the bull. Uh, is kind of a favorite of mine. Wonder Girl gets hit in the stomach with an anvil. Mm-hmm. Robin takes a nap, which he blames on there being, like, flowers outside of the window that must have made him sleepy. I think he was just sleepy. He's had a big day. You are just saying that because you are not charitable towards Robin. They, they did go the out case. of their way to illustrate that the flowers were very gassy. And that, <laughs> that, that was affecting him. Okay. It, it did just seem a little bit disproportionate. That and horrible things happened to all of the other Titans, and he just... Takes a little snooze. Well, think, though, of how he felt after, because he was tasked with the responsibility of oh, watching he, over little Davy. Yeah, and, and he, he does up, just, like, hold his head. When all the other Titans are nursing their, like, nursing their wounds and Speedy's getting his head bandaged and mm-hmm. uh, Lilith is, like, tying up her, putting a cast on her leg and <laughs> Kid Flash is uh, sponging himself off. He's making a horrible mess, too. He's got a giant <laughs> bucket of water. He's in the living room. That's how he's you do things in a farmhouse. He's wash the syrup off of He it. just wants to be with his friends. That's why he didn't want to do it in the bathroom. Yeah, but speaking of, yes, he washes syrup off because he decided he's in an old New England farmhouse. You know what would hit the spot? Mm, gallon of syrup. Yeah, just pound it, man. He takes a gallon jug of syrup. And it's like, hmm, that'll hit the spot. This is what and I need to. Starts just chugging syrup, and then too much syrup happens, and mm-hmm. he ends up in a room, drowning in syrup, literally hanging onto the rafter to <laughs> keep his head above the floor. Oh, syrup. drowning in a vat of maple syrup, death. Where is thy sting? Uh, but yeah, no, it is hilarious and that's the kind of goofy fun that i was saying that there was early on in the issue yeah and i mean even before that when they're trying to get into the house initially they try to climb the ivy and it turns into snakes yep the gargoyle comes alive and bites robin's hand which that dude does not have good luck with gargoyles no he does but he wishes he packed his tiny pliers and he does Mm mm-hmm and I forget, what happens to Wonder Girl? No, nothing happens to her. She catches Speedy when he falls off. Mm, yeah. And Kid Flash zooms inside the house, and then the stairs turn into an escalator going the other direction, and it starts going faster and faster, and he can't go up the stairs. And it's, it's, it's like, kind of goofy haunted house fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, makes the ending, when, once there is the skeletal baby, all the more disturbing. He's really demoralized and freaked out by that, though. That he can't run up those stairs. Yeah, well, like, running is his thing. Yeah, he's very pained and freaked out by the fact that... Also, he probably wanted some syrup real bad. <laughs> Drinking from the fire hose. <laughs> Never a good thing. Yes, unless you were in the hit film UHF. Is that a weird... Al? It's a weird Alice movie, but there's a scene where Michael Richardson, who later went on to play Kramer, and then later went on to be a uh, racist mess, mm-hmm. uh, played a janitor who lets children on his... Children's show Drink from the Fire Hose. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. Pretty good. But, yeah. 
When there is the flashback scene, too, I say that that is the, the we are first really disturbed when the skeleton baby shows up. Mm-mm. But Needles, like Indian arrows, that freaked me out. That freaked me out? Yes. But when we see the ghost a little bit after that, mm-hmm. and she describes her dream, that it turns out was obviously not a dream, mm-hmm. about her baby dying. Yeah. That is so messed up and mm-hmm. so sad on so many levels. Like, Cyrus and... Peyton Manning go out hunting in the woods and her baby dies of a fever mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to leave the house because she can't doesn't want to leave the baby alone while she goes to a doctor which why don't you bring Take the, baby, the with baby, you? baby with you seems kind of obvious yeah then the baby does die of a fever and not only is she upset that the baby has died of a fever but she is concerned that they will blame her mm-hmm. and so she is freaked out she's having basically a breakdown which totally makes sense her baby just died yeah and i was initially like well why would she have to bury it she, they'll understand but i mean like she's a mother who's just lost her her baby she's gonna freak out i cannot judge the storytelling in terms of her making poor decisions at that point right and she decides that she will just hide the baby's corpse mm-hmm. and say that the baby was kidnapped and she was unable to stop it mm-hmm. she goes and buries the child outside it's so fucked up. <clears throat> it is. And just like, really just like, what the hell? And then she wakes up and there's a baby there and she's like, oh, it must have been a bad dream that I had. But God damn it. That is some messed up shit on a number of levels. Yeah. And the, one of the big takeaways I get from this also is the general guideline of like, just don't say shit about promising your soul out loud ever. Oh, no. Oh, no. That would be a. Yeah. Like, she, I'm pretty sure she, she I haven't does. done that in my life but now i'm thinking back and i'm just like damn what if i did it kind of makes me want to do it all the time (laughs) just waiting for that other shoe to drop i really like tempting fate (laughs) i have a tattoo that says i hope nothing happens to this fresh baked pie that's true and i do on many occasions just say out loud well i don't see what could possibly go wrong now yeah usually it works out fine usually it does it kind of does make me want to say that i will sell my soul for blank Um, careful, man. Just like, just to feel the rush, man. Well, just to live dangerously on the edge. Make sure it's something at least like really cool. Yeah. Oh man, not like a your sports team wins game or something. Wow. What if it was a really important game? It's your soul, man. Yeah. Just say you're right. Spend it wisely. What would you sell your soul for? I'm not even gonna (laughs) even talk about it because I don't want to. If I ever have a baby, I don't want it to die. No, it, it, she says that after the baby dies. The I, baby's already dead at that point. You can't, you can't put... <laughs> you just shit happens, man. I know the chronology <laughs> of the story, but... I think, I think the, the metaphor would be like, say you said you would sell your soul for mm, a new Pontiac Aztec. Um, which would be impressive because they haven't made them for many years. Um, it's, so your soul is worth approximately... Three to $5,000? Oh, I said a new one. Oh, like they would make a new like one? They like they make a new Pontiac one just would for do me. Like a yeah. reissue? Yeah. Then, oh. in this, it would be story. like, it's a monkey's paw magic type thing, where you get what you wish for, but be careful what you wish for. Right. Where, yeah, I would get the new Pontiac Aztec, mm-hmm. but it's a Christine type situation, where then the Pontiac Aztec tries to kill me, uh-huh. um, mm. and then a cow kicks Speedy in the head. Yeah, careful. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet reissue, though. Yeah, man. That's my favorite. I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger on that, but when I think yeah. of what I would sell myself for, I am going to say it out loud. Readers, listeners, oh, don't do listeners, it. Don't do it. If you would like me to sell my soul, why don't you write in what I should sell my soul for? Or what I should say I would sell my soul for, just in case anybody's listening. No, I'm not going to do it. I, I never do that Candyman thing. I never do the Stressing me Bloody out. Mary thing. Nope. It's the the risk is not worth the reward. New Pontiac Aztec would be pretty sweet though. Yeah, no, there's other ways to get that, man. No, there aren't. Just, just hard work. The American dream. <laughs> That's bullshit, man. <laughs> it's a rigged system. The yeah. only way to get a new Pontiac Aztec is to sell your soul, or just proclaim loudly that you would sell your soul. If you were rich like Mister Jupiter, <sighs> then the American dream would work for me. And then you'd get your Pontiac Aztec without having to sell your soul. I don't think we see Mr. Jupiter again. Ever? I think we might not. I think he might not 
show up again until like post crisis stuff. Oh man, I don't I don't know. I I haven't read that much ahead into the Rosakis run, but I understand that he's not around. I don't think Lilith is around for most of it either. She is some. Hmm. Well, maybe she finally finds her mom. Hmm. Doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like at the end of this, she kind of gives up. Oh, you think so? That was my impression of the like, but I found a family with the Titans and yeah. I gave up my search. You want to talk about that story for a little bit? Yeah, sure. What'd you think of that one? Well, let's see. It reminds me of the last uh, two Lilithist Hobo stories. Though. Yeah, in that it's almost identical to them. Mm-hmm. Well, her motorcycle looks a little bigger. Like she's she, go- Her motorcycle out. goes back and forth. Sometimes it's like an old standard go bike, like the Titans all ride, like mm-hmm. a like a mopedish, like a scooter looking yeah. thing. And then in some of them, it's like. A fucking hog. Yeah, this one, it's like... It's it's a a pretty badass motorcycle. It's almost like a chopper. Yeah. Yeah, it was an okay story. It's, again, her trying to find her mother through single elimination of every red-haired person that she runs into. Most of them seem to have psychic powers. Mm -hmm. What percentage of red-headed people do you think have psychic powers? 58. Oh. Good to know. Yep. Yeah. Fucking rodeo cowboy seems like a real douche. But... I gotta say, her mom's no goddamn prize in this story either. Her. Turns out not her mom. Spoiler. Yeah, a lot of her potential moms seem to be con... Well, like, two of them seem to be con women. Yeah. Two out of three. That's not great. No. No, it's not. I guess it's... And, well, I guess I was gonna say that's a, you know, what are you gonna do with your psychic powers kind of deal, but not all of them even had them. They were pretending. Well... Okay, I think that this one was a combination of con woman and had psychic powers. Right. The first one, I thought she had might have some psychic powers, but was mostly a con woman. You didn't see any evidence of psychic powers, which, granted, there wasn't evidence, but I was kind of reading into it. Pure grift. But yeah, Lilith uses her psychic powers, rescue her, rescues her mom, and there is a creepy panel at the end where she is saying goodbye to her mom. I'm just going to show it to you, and I will definitely post a picture of this, but... The, the art in this, uh, once again, the main story of the art was uh, Art Saf and Nick Cardi. Mm-hmm. This art is a newcomer to DC Comics named Ernie Chow, who later went, I think, back to the name Ernie Chan, mm. who I will talk a little bit more about him later, but he does a beautiful job in this. Did he do the, the inks or the, the pencils? I think he did both. Oh, yeah, um, the art is super crisp in the Lilith uh, story. Yeah, really. no, he, he does a great job. I'm going to... Check. It, it's possible that he didn't do both, but I think he is the he's the only artist listed, which leads me to believe that he did both. Mm. But look at that panel. It's when Lilith's mom is saying goodbye to her, and it really looks like she's she's not her mom anymore, and it really looks like she's putting the moves on her. Looks kind of like, like she's, she's groping a breast, and yeah. there's something about the expression on her face that it really looks like she's like super into going in for a kiss. That's a weird panel, because in the the couple before that, she has a a less feminine countenance. Yes. Almost Um, like a cross-dresser, not doing the best job. Well, I think the issue is that the comic book artists at this time had relatively little experience drawing middle-aged women, Mm. and that was just how it came across. Like, we want to make sure that she looks older, and I don't really know how to do this, but we draw a lot of middle-aged dudes, so let's make it look like one of those, but then put hair yeah, on her. wig and a pantsuit. Yeah. But yeah, that's weird. But then it ends with, but that story happened in the past, and since then, I found my family and my place in the world as a teen titan. And then all the titans gather around her and say, right on, Lilith, yeah. in unison. I like that. And that's really sweet, and I like that. But also, so this whole origin, Lilith's origin story was a total waste of time. She she doesn't find out who her mom is, and it's like let's we're, we're given this like window into her backstory. It's like yeah, she tried for a while to find her mom, and then she didn't. That's yeah. her backstory. Basically, informs her her character though. She's always going to be searching for something, I guess. But she seemed like she kind of gave up. Mm-hmm. So she's not always going to be searching for something. It was okay. It was it was a decent story. I liked a lot of... Her mom does not come across as very sympathetic, and I think her mom should do some jail time, which she does not. Granted, she did not murder that man. But she, she was, was an impli- She was an accessory to murder, and I think... I think that's one of those, like, if you're robbing a bank and you're driving the getaway car and somebody gets shot, then you could be tried for murder. 
I think she should at least be tried for murder. She was committing a crime that resulted in a death. Yeah. I think she should go to jail. Well, she did for a couple of days, taking the fall for rodeo. Rodeo man. Rodeo man. Yeah. Gonna try and think of it. That guy gets him. fucking fucked up at that rodeo. Yeah, he gets his comeuppance. Yeah. But in his dying breath says, like, I was a dick. Sorry I killed that guy. Yep. So, okay, what was your favorite slang? I had a couple things that stood out. And the the first one, it's almost like more of a such a weird phrase, but also accompanied by something that I thought was very funny, which is um, Speedy almost giving the handjob to, <laughs> to a bull. That was my favorite, too. Can, can I take that one? Sure. Well, and I think that was part of what led me to believe that it was a bull. <laughs> because, yes, he, uh, Speedy goes into the barn and says, Mmm, fresh milk for breakfast. Nice, bossy. You're gonna give for old Speedy. Yeah, I read that and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it is a creepy, molesty thing to say. And so I've heard, like, a cow's referred to as, like, a Bessie is, like, an, a cow's name. Yeah, I've heard bossy as a cow's I've name, I've never too. heard that before. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Do you think he was just calling the cow bossy? I don't know. I mean... Because you weren't, you weren't supposed to use that word anymore. What? No, to refer to uh, girls as bossy is uh, now considered to be a sexist thing. Uh, because it's just... It, it is almost always ascribed to young women. And it's whenever they're assertive, you call them bossy. And it's like, no, she's not bossy. She can be a boss. Oh. You know? But you can say that about guys still. Yeah, but nobody does. I've been called bossy once or twice. Oh, well, good for you. Huh. Weird. Huh. Who called you bossy? Um, I've been called bossy by two exes. <laughs> good to know. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about okay, that. Okay, fair enough. What other slang did you enjoy? And, and this, once again, wasn't slang, but a weird turn of phrase. And it was uh, Lilith reading from her spell book. Yeah, As was she were? reading from it or was no, she? No, I, she I was just reciting a spell. That bothered me too because I could not figure out what the meter was supposed to be. So let's give it a shot. Okay, you you give it you give it your best shot at reading this spell. Gibbous moon, frog heart, owl hoot, demons of darkness, feel the power of this mandrake root. Yeah, it doesn't really flow. It, it's how would you? Uh, well, I think correct. I would need to uh, I, add okay. some words. Make it. I, make I would it. need to actually take out some words. Oh. Um, and I think it's gibbous. How do, how do you pronounce that word? Gibbous. Gibbous? Really? I think so. I thought it was gibbous. I think gibbous. That means when there's gibbous. more of the bright part than the dark part. Of the yeah, part. I know what it means. I've just never heard it said out loud. I've only read the word. Okay. Gibbous moon frog heart. <laughs> gibbous moon frog heart owl hoot. Demons of darkness feel the power of this mandrake root. Yeah, see that it's awkward. I think you would need to shorten it, um, and I would do gibbous moon frog heart owl hoot demons of darkness fear this mandrake root. Uh, less a little bit less syllables. Yeah, that, in the second part because it's got so many more there. It just doesn't quite work. But yeah, no, I, I like it as a phrase, but I don't know where she learned it or why she's carrying a mandrake root around. With How her. about for short, just uh, owl hoot mandrake root? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Owl hoot mandrake root. What? Rude toot toot. <laughs> I think that's what she should have said. Yeah. Owl hoot, mandrake root, rudy toot toot. Fair enough. Oh, man. We, we would be such better wizards than Lilith. Ooh. Well, we'd probably sound better. I don't know if we'd have... Yeah, no, I wouldn't be as good a wizard. I don't, I don't know shit about mandrake roots. Or wizardry. That's a hallucinogen. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. that the one that's supposed to look like a dick? No, it's supposed to look... Well... I've never heard that before, but but in the I thought that de- was like part of like the idea that it has. They're supposed to look like little it. people. Oh, like it has a face on it, and they grow in the mud. And when you when you pull them out of the mud, it's supposed to make this like a squeaking sound. So people used to think that they would shriek. Um, oh, when were, like in Harry Potter. Picked. I think they did that in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, is that the one that's like they're supposed to also grow around where people are hanged? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Like so, there's some like creepy symbolism there. Mm-hmm. All right. Good to know. Yep. What other slang did you have? I only had those two. Did you have anything from the Lilith story? No, I, I neglected to write those down, but I think there's probably a couple good ones. That... Well, there, there's a couple. When the guy shoots the rodeo man, um, you, you're not my son. I'm going to gun you, fella. 
for trying to deceive me. Yeah. But I like the idea that I'm going to gun you instead of I'm going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. And the other one was also the rodeo guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he gets kicked off his bronken buck. Bronken bucko? <laughs> Bucking bronco. There we go. There we are. <laughs> bronken buck? Yep, that's not a thing. <laughs> I may have been a little bit off about that uh, coffee and whiskey making you smarter. <laughs> <laughs> just the tiniest bit. You know what? It's probably just the proportions I have wrong. I'll keep reworking it. Research, my friend. Indeed. But I shouldn't be as amused by his death scene as I am. But he says, I, I'm dying. Everything's broke inside of me. Yeah. Yeah, that actually cracked me up, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've had that feeling. I mean, I was not... It was not literally true at the time. And I wonder if it's not literally true in his case. Well, he's broken enough. He's dying. We don't know that he's dying. Well... Like, we don't know that he actually dies. He just thinks that he's going to. And, I mean, I've certainly... I think if you get kicked off a thing, then he's like, Oh, God, this hurts a lot. I'm probably dying. I'm going to confess to a bunch of shit. Yeah, do it. Yeah, works out good. You know what I'm glad he didn't say? Hmm. I'd sell my soul to not be broken inside. Uh, And we'd start a whole uh, different story. A bunch of more creepy business. Mm -hmm. Okay, favorite panels. Of the first story, and you may have this one as well, I'm guessing, uh, page nine, I titled it New England Maple Syrup. (laughs) (laughs) And there's actually two two in there that are kind of vying. They're they're the same sequence, so yeah, I... uh, my favorite is when he starts chugging the syrup and he says, yeah. wow, New England maple syrup. Just the thing for my sweet tooth. <laughs> and then the one immediately after it, it just is maple syrup everywhere. Oh, what a mess. Who will clean up this mess? And he says, a flood of it coming out. <laughs> um, and it just gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that is an enchanted syrup joke. Yeah, and that's really, really great. I that yeah. Can you imagine the cleanup of that? What a mess! That oh. would be the worst. That would be terrible. That'd be like the Boston molasses flood. Yeah, Boston molasses flood. Easily, I mean, it's been enough time that I can say this. I think my favorite disaster ever. I'm though. So, oh God! Can you imagine dying like that, like in a flood of hot molasses? Yeah, and the, the irony of the fact that it is a wave of molasses moving over thirty miles an hour in January. So you got the phrase, slower than molasses in January, in your mind. Mm-hmm. This is in 1915 in Boston, a silo that was storing, uh, I think it was 3 million gallons of molasses, broke and flooded 15 city, uh, several city blocks in, uh, in Boston, killed a number of people, and in a variety of different ways. Some were crushed by the molasses, some were boiled alive in, by the hot molasses, some drowned in the molasses. Ugh, that's awful. For four weeks afterwards, I think if horses wandered into it, they would get get stuck stuck and would have to be put down because they could not figure out a way to free them from the molasses. But yeah, every, uh, I was never clear whether it was sabotage or whether, which some people believed or more likely probably it was people being greedy because they felt that prohibition was coming and were trying to make as much blackstrap molasses, uh, uh, mm-hmm. blackstrap rum, rum out of the molasses as they could before the new laws set in. Mm-hmm. I might have the timing wrong. And there's no way to find that information out. Shame. Damn this informationless society and age we live in. Mm. But for years, th- throughout my grandfather when he was a kid, it, on really hot days in that neighborhood, you would still smell molasses. So for like 30 years afterwards. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought of that. I, th- I, I thought of it, too. And I wonder if Haney thought of it. Uh, sorry. Your n- next favorite panel? Next favorite panel. Um, page 7. Uh, I called it Haunted Flasher. And it's him. He's in the foreground of the panel. Yeah. And he's looking off into the middle distance. And he just looks freaked the fuck out because he couldn't run up those stairs. He really does. It, it really kind of is a nice little bit of character development. Just mm-hmm. how much he relies on his super speed. The look on his face when he was unable to outrace a speedway. And he said, I, I don't know the way that stairway, stairway outspeeded me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite is actually the very next panel, which is, once again, nice bossy, you're going to give for old Speedy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole pa- it just cracks me up. I know it's juvenile of me, but what can you do? He got so fucked up by that cow, too. Yeah. And my other favorite panel uh, from this story is the where everybody's all banged up, and 
the flasher's washing himself off in the living room. <laughs> Bucket of soapy Just water. getting soapy water all over the living room floor. And syrup. Probably. Yeah, probably. Because uh, he is... <laughs> there's a, he was there's a scene later where he was... It was clearly all over him. He didn't get it all away. Because when Robin asked him, like, what? A, what? A, how about it, Flash? You think you're ready to dig up that thing? And he's like, yeah, my feet are still sticky. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But, yeah, it's... Uh, that, yeah, the scene where... Speedy has a banged-up head. Wonder Girl is bandaging her leg. And Robin just looks dejected and is just has his head in his hands and looks like he is just sobbing. I think he's saying to himself, like, stupid, stupid, stupid Robin, lost he, that kid. Yeah, like probably. Really it's re- really berating himself. Yep. Um, we already know that his biggest hang-up is his inability fear to admit defeat. Fear yeah. Not even fear of failure, fear of admitting defeat. Mm. Yeah, he's trying. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's just a really nice panel. Yep. Uh, do you have any others from the main story? Uh, nope. Those are the two that I wanted okay. to call out. Did you have anything story. from the Lilith story? I did. I had um, on page five in the lower part of it a panel that I called uh, "Dead Guy." Oh man, yeah. I hadn't even really caught that before. I mean, he's, I read it, but he's in the foreground. The guy who's been shot by. Lily? Is that Lilith's Erstat's mom in this? Uh, I she think it's Lily like Dunbar. Yeah. Lily and, uh, and Rodeo Man. Ben Tatum. Yes. Piece of shit Ben Tatum yeah. have just shot uh, the, the old man after wrestling the gun from him. But he's like all blue and weird and it's just... It's yeah, a, no, he looks good, very dead. It's kind of gross, but it's a good... Really no, really it's drawing. really well done. Uh, my favorite panel is the triumphant at the end. Page 8, uh, that was my other one. Yeah. I finally found my place in the world as a Titan, and all of the other Titans are just kind of lined up and and very happy to have her aboard and say, right on, Lilith! Yep. And it's a nice little happy ending to this story, even if this story seems completely unnecessary in light of the fact that she learned nothing during it. Except for by process of elimination, three women are not her parents. Yeah. Yep. No, nope, I had that one too. I called it right on, Lilith. Yeah. So, I want to we said very briefly how much uh, we enjoyed the art in that backup story. Yeah. and Except the uh, middle-aged women. Yeah, except the middle-aged women are drawn kind of oddly. But there's an editor's note, and it's fans. Say hello to Ernesto Ernie Chow. He's the man responsible for the Nimber artwork in this issues. Please tell me my name. The dramatic wind-up of Lilith's long and lonely search for her parents. It's not a dramatic wind-up. Ernie joined DC's ranks a couple of years ago, and if you've read our mysterious suspense and or ongoing romance mags, you've spotted his work. Ernie belongs to the same group of talented top-notchers as Tony DeZaniga, Nestor Redondo, Cruz, Yandok, Alcasa, Alcala, etc. We think Ernie's a skillful storyteller. We hope you agree. Now, what do you think that talented top-notch group that he belongs to is? Uh, what do you mean? Well, it says he belongs to the same group as group like how like how were things organized at like how is that a group that he belongs to? Mm, what were the names of? Did they all have like foreign sounding last names? They're all Filipino. Oh, okay. It just seems like a weird way to like he's part of the same group as these people, and that they're all Filipino. Ah, it's a weird. I, I mean, now with the exception of Tony Dezaniga whose name, I'm sure I'm butchering all of these names, and I apologize for that, uh, who, who is an amazing artist. He, he passed relatively recently, but was really a brilliant artist. Um, and a lot of these artists, uh, actually all of them, uh, grew up in the Philippines and worked in Philippine comics, which had, were their, are their own comic industry hmm. that started after G.I.'s left behind a lot of comic books. Oh. Um, and then it started this comics that are spelled with a K in the Philippines and it's its own comic industry. And in the early seventies, uh, Carmen Infantino for DC went over to the Philippines as mm. kind of like a talent raid mm. and hired a whole bunch of Philippine artists and brought them back to work for DC. Oh. And Ernie Chow, who later changed his name, I think back to Ernie Chan. I mm. think it went back and forth. I think he started as Ernie Chan then changed it to Ernie Chow, and then changed it back to Ernie Chan. Mm. I might have that wrong. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I, But I, I did, it was a weird way to phrase that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's part of the same group as these people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, kind of. Mm. Yeah. Weird way to phrase that, though. 
But yeah, it, it's interesting, and I, I actually need to learn a lot more about uh, Philippine comic books because they sound fascinating. Yeah. Now then, mm. what do you think Aqualad's up to? Well, <clears throat> similar similar to to the last time, I, I had him, you know, basically engaging in some some recreational. Mm-hmm. activity after I, I think he's still a little wigged out about the whole morrison thing oh i think maybe a little bit and also maybe he was a little bit freaked out by his adventures on the moon yeah as yeah. the moon goes so <laughs> so i think he's a little more more chilled out and um so he started his day pretty mellow um one of the things that he likes to do is go read through the uh the funnies oh my god Corey, that was what i had him do did you <laughs> You are absolutely right. He spent the whole month in stitches because the premiere of Hagar, Hagar the Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, February 3rd, 1973. All right. Good. I, I thought that was a little thin, but I'm glad that... Uh, no, that, is, what, that is absolutely what Aqualad is up to. <laughs> he is staying home every day waiting with giddy anticipation of the next installment of Hagar the Horrible. Man, how long did that run? I remember that as a kid. It's still running as near as I can tell. Good God. It never really got any better. Yeah. That's like, I used to read that and just be like, I still don't, like, either I don't get it or it's it's just not that. It's okay. Yeah. Hmm. Just, okay. It's like that and the Wizard of Id Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. B.C., yeah, there's the uh, this this line in in uh, that uh, MF Doom record, "The Mouse and the Mask," where it's the outtake from a Space Ghost Coast to Coast, where you say, you know, we all lived through the '70s, the blah blah blah, the blah blah blah, the uh, heartwarming but rarely amusing Ziggy cartoons. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's in that same sort of vein. Hagar was often a lot less heartwarming. I mean, yeah, I just lump them together though. Yeah. Well, anyway, good, yeah, good, no, good, good call. Thanks. I'm Likewise. glad we think along similar lines. <laughs> Have a similar take on Aqualad's character. Yeah, well, he's got to unwind. You yeah, know? man, and what better way to unwind? Uh, no, I, I have told you, I'm sure, and I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before. It was when I was doing sketch comedy, there was a thing that I came up with that was I decided was the best uh, pickup line ever. Oh, are those slacks? Are Hagar? those Hagar slacks? <laughs> because I want to do horrible things to your ass. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> On that classy, classy note, thank you so much for listening. It's been a delight, and if you would like to get in touch with us, please do so at ttwasteland at gmail.com. Uh, one of the recent letters we received was from friend of the show, Zane Kipfmiller, mm. who asked me where he could find trade paperbacks of the Teen Titans stuff. And most of the stuff hasn't been collected as near as I can tell. And I may be wrong about this. This is what I told Zane. They did put out showcase volumes that are black and white reprints of the first, I think it goes up to issue 35 collected. And they're both out of print, but they can be found pretty easily on eBay or Amazon. And uh, some, some of those, though, to note, don't Usually have about extra... under 10 Oh, some of them don't have the extra... Extra stories, the backup, the backup stories. stories. They have some of the backup <laughs> stories, but not all. They, they didn't have the reprint stories that were in the back of the um, mm-hmm. the later issues. Ten bucks for that giant? Yeah. I, I mean, that wasn't the original. I think originally it was only like 15, though. That's mm. the idea behind the thick, cheap paper, black and white reprints mm. is let people catch up on the stories. But like I said, those are both out of print. They never re- They never issued a third one. I'm not sure where they can you can find reprints of those. You can find the back issues. Once you get above that number, the back issues get a lot cheaper, and you can find them for relatively little if you can find them. But you can hunt for a while. It took me a while to put together the collection. And, yeah, if you guys have better information on where it might be collected, I don't do a lot of reading of comics online. I know that might be an option. I don't know how DC has things archived. I know Marvel has a pretty decent archive online of their older stuff. But yeah, if you want to write in and let me know, I would appreciate that information. I But to the best of my knowledge, most of it, until we get into the new Teen Titans run with Wolfman, hasn't been collected. So there's kind of a no-man's land, which is where we're in right now. Yeah, anyway, long story short, please write me. I, I love hearing from people. You can also contact us on Facebook or Tumblr. And if you want to donate on Patreon, you can do that. Write us a review on iTunes. That would be a nice time. Mm. I like reading those. 
Yeah, anything you want to add, Corey? Oh, yeah, my favorite Titan was Lilith. Oh, shit! I my forgot. favorite Titan was Kid Flash, because he chugged some fucking syrup. Oh, touche. <laughs> yeah, I think she almost got knocked herself out of the running with the, the kind of lame-ish follow-up story. And that wasn't her fault. I know, that was actually in the past, too, so I'm yeah. sticking with Lilith. No, it's a good call. She did a good job, but she didn't chug a gallon of maple syrup, so True. she is disqualified from my running on my part. That's a stiff competition. Indeed. Yeah. Good call. Good addition. Nice catch on that. Okay. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. And they is working okay <laughs> hello <laughs> yep all right you ready yep <laughs>